Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, March the 16th in 2020 on When I Rise. We're in year A, which is the fourth Sunday of Lent this week, and we're going to plunge through the different texts for the week, the next five days. And so on the Monday mornings, we tend to take the Old Testament passage of the week, and I read it, I provide a couple points of reflection, then spend some time praying. Today we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is the call of David, who would later become king of Israel. And so I'll read that passage and lead us to a time of prayer. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Samuel 16, verses 1-13 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at an outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and he had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So we asked Jesse, Are these all of the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint this one. So the Lord, sorry, sorry, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. This is the word of God for us. What can we say about 1 Samuel 16? The obvious headline of this is that God is doing a new thing. And according to the timeline, if you remember, Saul was anointed the first as king, as the king of Israel, because Israel had to have a king. It wasn't God's desire, but God more or less is walking with his people here, and they desired a king. And Saul had the outward appearance of a king. He was tall, and he was brave on the battlefield. He was a man's man, like almost like... I don't know, offensive lineman type, you know, with like a real big chin and a, you know, strong chin and a bold chest perhaps, and he was the guy. But Saul had failed God. He didn't follow through with his commands. He took matters into his own hands, and so God wanted to move on. And so he sent Samuel to the house of Jesse, as we've read, and even though Jesse had seven sons, God didn't pick the predictable ones. He picked the one that was forgotten. And the key passage of this text is when um, Samuel is so convinced 
that Iliad, the oldest, is the first one, the, the, the oldest one to be anointed because he's like, you know, he's got experience and he's the oldest. He's the firstborn. God is, God surprises Samuel and he says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What a paradigm change. And look, we can't help ourselves. We look at the outward appearance. We look at credentials. We look at past experience. We look at gifts and skills. All those things are fine. But there's still, a, God, God says there's still an ace in the hand, and that's looking at the heart. And what he saw in David, the forgotten one, even though he was young and he was, what is <laughs> the different translations say it different ways, but he was glowing with health and he had a fine appearance with handsome features. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it's hard to translate that from the Hebrew. But, I mean, David wasn't uh, a slouch, but he was the youngest. And how embarrassing for Jesse to leave all, to leave his youngest son out in the pasture because he knew without a doubt that David wasn't important. But God takes the one that didn't seem so important and he brings them all the way up, which highlights the biblical truth that God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. These are all things swirling around together in this text. Here's Saul. He's a prideful one. He's got the appearance. You can see from far away away, like in a crowded room, we think that Saul is the important one. He's the top man on the total pole. But God is looking across the room at the other side in the shadow to the one with who's... <laughs> A fine appearance with handsome features because he sees David's heart. And that's a challenge to us because I think we try to cling to what we can possibly do ourselves and not cling to what's going on in our hearts. And Jesus is after transforming our hearts, which comes with great humility, with honesty, sincerity. And so I'm going to pray a prayer this morning, an honest prayer, that God would check our hearts and that we would see what's in there with God and that we'd reason with God and that we'd make changes so that we can honor God, and that as God looks not on the outer appearance, but on the heart, that he would be pleased with what he sees inside. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for a new morning and a new week in front of us. God, uh, for those of us in certain parts of the world, we face a day of uncertainty. With the coronavirus continuing to move about, we know that um, our communities are holding their breath as we see what might happen next. Uh, By now, maybe some of our loved ones or people who are friends of ours on Facebook have come down with the illness or there might be a suggestion that they could. And so God, we have an option of running and hiding or boldly engaging the world. And God, we choose to boldly engage the world. And we know that we can't do that on our own strength. And so what a text for us to grapple with this morning. We know that you don't look at the outward appearance that we do, but you look at the heart. And so God, I pray for all of us as we face a new week with new opportunities, that you might find our heart to be ready and eager. And though we're not perfect, and though we still have sins and hangups, we know that you have forgiven us, you've redeemed us, you've called us your own. We are your people and you are our God. And so Lord, as we face this world, may you find courage in our hearts. May you find faith in our hearts. And may we be the optimistic ones, the hopeful ones today in the midst of an anxious world. So God, be with us. Allow us to run out into your world in any way that we can today with the courage and the grace you give us. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.